podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello. So it's been a very intriguing double game week and things become interesting too in fantasy football. The template becomes shattered as wild cards and triple captains diverge, plus a smashing of bench boosts also get involved. It's an exciting time for sure, as strategies are embarked on which vary, setting up an end of the season which will hopefully mirror the title race and being exciting and pulsating rather than being a foregone conclusion for weeks, except for the fact that I'll definitely underperform Due to some harsh 50-50s in FPL, which are going to slap me in the face some point or another. Let's make no bones about it. We are Who Got the Assist, or tonight I am. I'm Tom, WGTA underscore FPL on Twitter. And my usual co-host is Anthony at FPL Stag. He's, well, it's his last pod next week, actually, as I mentioned just a bit. But as you can probably tell if you're watching on YouTube, I'm joined by no one tonight, except for my trusty pint of beer. As I smash through a solo babble as the week rumbles on. So I'm recording on a Wednesday night um, for my own convenience. More than anything else, I've got early meetings on a Friday. Friday? Who puts in early meetings on a Friday, dear me? Uh, meaning I can't record tomorrow night. This means that I know the results of Wednesday night's games, but I don't know uh, what happens tomorrow. So I don't know that Arsenal beat Wolves 3-1 with a Saka hat-trick, Ramsdale saving a penalty, and Kilman nodding in the constellation for Wolves. Today, I'm going to basically give you a quick update on how this week's gone. A little bit on the objective reminders, but very, very quickly. I'm going to skip the mini-league updates and the market forces for this one. And head straight into community questions, mostly, of course, revolving around the free hit to use, not use, who to pick, who not to pick, and a few other assorted tidbits. First into the weekly update. So the games have just finished and I've got 134 net, 138 minus four. Uh, I went with just the minus four this week. I was looking at other things, but I ended up just doing a David De Gea, Bruno and Jota. And they all went out for Ramsdale, Salah and Saka. I had a lot of thoughts last week, as mentioned on the pod with Anima. Um, I was considering that bench boost for quite a while, uh, but I spoke to a few good folk, like guys on my Slack, uh, friends like Karam, Jack FPL, and Libero, um, although he the latter that did actually bench boost with good reason. And I just came to the conclusion that, you know, tri- triple captain, just, just go for it. Um, I mean, it's probably only just me. You can kind of overthink that one, but there I did uh, try to overthink it. And I'm just glad I didn't go too deep into the woods of miscal- of calculating Salah's X minutes and likely to be rested. I mean, my bench ended up being a Foster with a six-pointer, uh, Dean with two, Buendia with three, because he was subbed off just before Watford scored and uh, whatever Marcelli ends up with tomorrow. So Salah's triple captain would have beaten that. Um, so it probably was a good thing that I did as triple captain. It would have been classic me, to be fair, to miss the haul. The last thing I considered this week uh, was uh, Edouard out for Waycost on a minus eight. But I thought, no, no, I'll give Eddie a chance. And he was subbed on by Paddy V in the 92nd minute of the second game. Cheers, Patrick. Legend. Weird week this week, as I mentioned earlier. Lots of new strategies were born out of the Premier League dropping fits on Friday. Lots of wild cards, as noted. Salah didn't quite get there in terms of wiping out their gains overall, but fairly successful. Uh, so, yeah, on 138 with minus four, takes me up to 200k. Ramsdale, Saka and Kilman to go. So I'm expecting to wind up on 145, something like that. Very nice. All down to Salah, though, really. The rest of the team was pretty pants. Uh, Ramsdale's on two at the moment. Uh, 
Foster's on six. I'm hoping for um, him to outperform old Ben tomorrow night. Trent missed the first game, a mere clean sheet in the second. Prayers and thoughts should be offered to Anthony, who did triple captain him, unfortunately, um, as he was mentioning last week. He did go through with it. So it's been a pretty tough one for him. Uh, Kilman's on two for a mo- for the moment. Robertson bagged a nice 13 pointer. He missed the first game, but made up for it tonight. Two assists, a uh, pen assist in the corner for Van Dyke in the final minute, which took him into nabbing a bonus too, which is very nice. So 13 points for one week. And Cancelo blanked the one point. So the wild card has got away with that one. In midfield, Salah, obviously the monster triple captain of 84. Could have been better though. Um, haven't seen the game, but friend of a pod, Alex Ball, who was watching in New Zealand, just as a shout out too, actually, he included Mane uh, this week uh, for a bit of a monster score. Said Salah missed a few good chances, as he did versus Norwich. So really, it should have been a 100-point triple captain. But hey, 84 is good in anyone's books. I think anybody would have taken that at the start of the game week. Uh, more than taken it. Ripped your hand off, ripped your shoulder off, ripped the right side of your abdomen off, if you've given your right hand out, of course. Um, and elsewhere um, in my team, Bowen blanked. He did hit the bar. And there are a few suggesting a potential sale. We'll talk about that later. And again, the wild card has got rid of that one. And up top, Josh King, three points, subbed in the 50th minute. I mean, the only pain is I'm on a free hit and I can't send them immediately. And the same goes for Odison Bloody Edward, as I mentioned earlier on. But just the 16-point swing there, not going with vague horse over him. Um, and this week, obviously, it would have paid off with the hit. I'm not sure what Edouard's done to Vieira. He was doing all right beforehand, but something's definitely gone on there, hasn't it? And obviously, you know, he didn't need him tonight with a 4-1 victory, but subbing on basically at the final whistle is a bit of an insult, to say the least, to the man. And Kane, finally, at 15 points, a majestic performance versus City. I did say in the early stages, I was out when he assisted the assister for Kulusevsky's goal. But it was classic Kane. You know, the last two weeks, he's been terrible. Captained him immediately after my wild card, of course, against Southampton, and he blanked. But the brace was uh, brilliant you know, when I caught up with it. Um, and yeah, fully deserved um, those 13 points. And the two points against Burnley tonight, a bit of an underperformance, to say the least. But uh, as friend of the pod, James Carroll, equips earlier on, there's probably not a Spurs fan alive who's surprised that um, Spurs contrive to beat the best team in the land and then go on to lose to Burnley. <laughs> so yeah, all in all, up to 200k again, 100k to go before I get to some semblance of respectability. And yeah, Kilman, Ramsdale and Saka to go tomorrow night. Objectives-wise, I did what Mikel's captaincy algorithm told me to do. I captain Salah, of course. I'm a bit disappointed because I should have taken hit for Edouard, really, uh, to their cost. Um, I didn't do it. So maybe I failed the second objective uh, this time. And I'm not going to count that form one for now because I think it's probably a bit rubbish. Skipping the men league, skipping the market forces. We'll do that next week on Anthony's final podcast. And we're into listener questions. I think there's actually a couple of things I should mention before we get into this. So the first thing is that please get in a correspondence for Anthony if you can. That's who got the assist at gmail.com. Please write in something just to kind of see him off. Anything you want to say about his time on the pod, you know, missing his dulcet Hibernian tones, anything like that. I mean, I massively appreciate if you use that medium just to send him a message. If not, I've got a few backups lined up, but just in case you want to say something as well. And there's a couple of meetups going on the next month. I'm heading to the London meetup uh, on the 12th of March. Uh, that'll be via Nima, who was on the pod last week. At FPL Meeks is the handle on Twitter. And, and finally, I'm heading to Bristol uh, on the 19th of March, so the week after. That'll be for blank game week 30. Um, and I'm looking at getting a venue set up, but I'll finally be heading to the West Country after not being able to go a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, that'll be the Saturday the 19th of March. I'll get a tweet out about that. 
But if you want to come along um, and you aren't on Twitter or something like that, um, do let me know um, or kind of keep an ear out for updates. I'll tell you where it will be and what sort of time, but I suspect it will be. I think the Arsenal game is first up, so I'll definitely be watching that one. Anyway, let's get into the key questions then. The first one is free hits. Do I play it? Um, So Nick Maynard and Simon at Ungawa Chairman basically ask, does a minus four to you know, get to starting 11, even if the team isn't perfect, make sense rather than using the remaining three here? Nick says exactly that. <laughs> Does a minus four to build a starting 11 this game week, even if the team isn't perfect, makes sense. And Simon says, you know, should we stop following the FPL Twitter herd and be more cautious of our chip strategy? For example, if you've got 11 players in your team already, do you need a minus four to sort your team out? Well, I am on my third free hit at the moment, as I'll discuss more over the next sort of group of questions. Um, but I'll, of course, do my best not to censor myself totally on my team and turn this into a pod about free hit and who you should pick and who you shouldn't, because there's nothing worse than somebody giving views based on their own situation. I'll try to give a more balanced one using questions to help me out. But in answer to Nick and Simon's initial questions, the overriding idea is obviously always it depends on your team just to give some context i free hit it personally because i brought in two arsenal this week remember i brought in zaka and ramsdale alongside my three liverpool players and i have martinelli already so that gave me six players who are out this week i thought it was worth free hitting and um, i've got six players now in situ for game week 30 and also game week 28 so after this free hit period by that time i'll know who's playing game week 30 because the fa cup games will have gone so I'm able to kind of give get a better idea of what to do to bulk up ahead of those fixtures. A good example of an ideal candidate to bring in might be an extra Wolves player, for example. So Jimenez or even Pedence or you know, Pedro Neto, who made his welcome return, um, could be worth including. They've got a Dublin 28 and they've got a guaranteed game in 30. Southampton could be that team. Burnley could be that team. So big belt vehicles could make his way in. And if Arsenal get that Dublin 28, uh, that's a bit iffy at the moment, um, listening to Planet FPL on the way home from work earlier on and there's a lot up in the air right now which makes me makes me kind of commenting on it a bit worthless but you know it, they could be an, an option for some people too next week or Chelsea as well in game week 28 so there's a lot of news in advance of game week 28 which should give which should help us make transfers um but in terms of free hitting this week um and I'll come on to who should be concerned about shortly perhaps I had only nine men so I, it was worth doing it for me but it might not be the case for you like Nick, this was my remaining free hit, but I'm able to navigate the complex period as it stands because I'm in a decent position ahead of game week 30. This week, if you can field 10, 11, cover off some key men, and you think there's a better place to utilize your free hit going forward, then as Simon mentions, you know, you sh- certainly shouldn't just join the herd. You simply need to do your own thing. I guess time to kind of go off one of my tangents here, but it's worth mentioning too about FPL Twitter and the kind of magnification effect this can have on behavior. I'm a really bad example of this. You know, I've been dislodged from many a valid strategy by worries about what the crowd are up to, you know, FOMO versus really thinking about what's right for me and my team and my strategy and where I seem to be sitting. And in hindsight, I've lived to regret it every single time. There's little worse in FPL sense, I find, than feeling like you FOMO'd yourself into something stupid at the expense of points and rank gain just to fit in with what you perceive everybody else to be doing okay you know it looks like fpl twitter is is all free hissing right now but just remember this is due to it being a key talking point that will be dominating the discourse that's just the way it is across socials right now and it's, it's a bit like if we'd have got the fixture announcements last week a little bit earlier than the friday like wild cards would have been all anyone was talking about everywhere so i wouldn't be too concerned by the chatter if you can kind of just shut it out 
as I said last week, I think we've reached the tipping point in the season where generic advice doesn't quite apply as university as it did. We've embarked on a period where individualistic strategies are key and you can broadly group by chips, I guess, in terms of what people are doing, in terms of chips remaining, chips used. And those dictate, I suppose, the individual pathways that can lead to different outcomes or, and will lead to different outcomes over the course of the season. Don't be afraid simply to look at Apple or Twitter and think, nah, you know, actually, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not too bothered by this, even if you respect the person, of course, giving the tip or something like that. Just for context, this week, the official FPL said the other day that 99,000 free hit chips have been played. So let's call it 100,000. Well, how big a proportion is that of the player base? Well, Fantastical Fix estimates that 47.1% of squads are inactive at the moment. But I think there's a huge scope within the remaining uh, 52.9% for, you know, one-week heroes, super casuals and value chasers to be in there. Um, I mean, I, I spoke with Tom Campbell, who who works with Fix, about kind of what the true number of active managers is probably going to be right now, who are playing the proper game, you know, like in contention and doing all the things that all active managers do. Think about the things active managers do. And we both came to a kind of an, a, a round ballpark estimate about one million managers who are truly active, playing in the truest sense. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's something, if it's 100,000 free hits played, I wouldn't be surprised if it's one in 10 managers at the moment who are currently active, but probably something, you know, like 20%, maybe even 20 percent who are active once we hit Friday. If you aren't free hitting them, what do you do? So in answer to Nick and Simon's question, you know, if you don't need to free hit, you don't have to. Uh, if, you, if, you think you, if you think you can weather it, then you don't need to. Alternative strategies, though, are a question which is out there. Lee Bishop asks if alternative strategies might work, for example, free hitting in 28 or 29. He recognizes, he said to me in a follow-up, that it's very team dependent, but where's the gain in being the same? There's a lot of ground for me to make up. I feel you. That's exactly what I was just saying. And Benny Blanco was also weighing up at wildcarding later on. He's saying, you know, he's looking at perhaps going in, you know, game week of 30, maybe before his current plan is wildcard 28. All just to mention as well, Benny is running the North versus South game week 39 event in aid of Street Child United. So all the profits and proceeds go to charity, which is very nice. It's a football match between 11 from the North and South comprised of FPL community members, the good, the bad and the ugly. Uh, Saturday the 28th of May in Birmingham. You can find him at Benny underscore Blanco 40 on Twitter and find out more about this on GW39 North versus VS that is South.co.uk or one word. That's GW39 north vs south the quote uk if you want to find out more about that anyway um in terms of later strategies so if you aren't free in this week these are obviously highly dependent situation again but there's a bit of merit here there really is so for example you may have no southampton villa Wolves, or newcastle and those teams are obviously doubling soon and you may feel like you know free hitting 28 maybe your ticket to covering these lads or in 29, you know, you may be thinking, you know what, I want to get, you know, Arsenal players or Everton players or maybe Newcastle players, uh, Everton players, really. And Chelsea may also have a Dublin 28. I think that, that seems to be dependent on if Leicester beat Randers uh, in the Conference League. Again, is it worth it, as Lee mentions? Maybe. Equally, as Benny is implying, you may want to wildcard in 28 to cover this off and perhaps get your bench boost out of the way in game with 29 uh, if you want a team with, you know, a triple Newcastle or something like that with like so Dan Byrne and Joe Willock and ASM sat on your bench something like that I mean I'm considering using my bench boost in the next couple of weeks actually for what it's worth game week 36 I think is meant to be the big one and that's always a bit of a damp squib isn't it I mean it's full of rotational uncertainty and I guess now we've got 
at least a modicum of confidence about who's starting, who won't be. There's a lot of key men as well who will be comprising that wild cards or bench boost. Those guys can be brought in and make it work quite nicely. There's a Southampton guy as well, which I come on to in a bit. And obviously, you know, some semblance of Villa as well. I guess this links back to what I said previously, though. It's perfectly okay to have your own way to go on all this. And more often than not, you'll find your own scenario is very different. Let's go on to free hit itself and talk about a few bits and pieces surrounding that. And as I mentioned earlier on, I'm not going to be focusing in completely on the free hit. And I'll find a way of kind of just... Uh, I guess weaving in what happens if you're not on free hit, et cetera, et cetera. In order to talk about the free hit, actually, I'm going to get, go into a momentous decision and make a momentous decision, I should probably say, which will no doubt be documented in WGTA wiki for years to come, which is to move the transfers and captains from the end to talk about here um, and show you my free hit team will talk about it. That's because I am on a free hit. And uh, I guess you might want to know what team I've got, what's in my mind. So I'm sat on a near variant of the tre- of the twin plate right now. That's not particularly surprising. Uh, for those not on Twitter, the wise ones out there, the Twitter template 11 goes as follows. Pope in goal, Livramento, me and Cancelo, the back three, Bruno, Mares, Sterling and Son in midfield and up front, Kane, Broja and Vaghorst, with Vaghorst being the captain. I've got nine of that 11. Uh, the only small change that I've got being I've got Bednarek over Livramento and Tarkovsky to the me at the moment. Uh, the ones I'd say are probably the core group for many, like the ones that I see in pretty much every single iteration of a, of a free hit are Pope, Cancelo, Bruno, Mares, Son, Kane, Broja, and Vekost. So eight players, all three hitters will probably own, plus a burn defender who's likely going to be me for most, plus Southampton or United defender, plus decision to make about whether you go for double city defence or double city midfield. I think most people are going for, uh, for Sterling at the moment. Plus, if you go for that double defence, city double defence, maybe there'll be like a, you know, a midfielder that will open up, you know, having a, a second United player like Sancho, who I'll speak, to, I'll speak about in just a bit. Ignored as well, uh, West Ham versus Wolves. So Bowen's not appearing, as I mentioned, there's a question about him later on. Uh, the likes of form team Newcastle away to Brentford aren't appearing in anyone's teams at the moment. And Palace, who just dis- dismantled Watford 4-1, are at home to Burnley. So maybe like Zaha should be in with more a shout than they are at the moment. The first thing to preface everything with is that randomness and chance here are massive. It's a one-week fling. It's not one. It's not a long-term commitment, and you will find that kind of luck, chance, variance, randomness, like all of those things, are going to be magnified this week. They're going to be absolutely huge and have an acute impact on how things turn out. And a really good question this week comes from non-free hitter Alan at FPL Diagnosis. He says, "Are there any words of comfort for those of us not on the free hit, and who should we be scared of?" As I mentioned. The ones who are probably the key threats are Burnley, who I mentioned shortly. Broha, who I think you should all be able to buy, even if you're not on free hit. City, maybe a bit more difficult, especially if you sold Cancelo on a wild card. Bruno, if you sold, I suspect you sold him for Salah as well. Kane and Son, you probably own one of them. And I can imagine you'd be contesting with these players anyway, uh, with other players in your single game week team. So I wouldn't be too concerned, but if you have your free hit and you're not playing it here, I think you need to content yourself with the notion in terms of those comforting words that you'll be in, being with a feast when there's a famine for others later down the line. For non-free hitters, and for Alan specifically, I'll do a, I'm not on a free hit. How worried should I be rating throughout my chat? So whenever I talk about a particular team or a particular kind of area, not most of our particular teams, I'll fill that in as well to give you a more 360 view of what's going on. So the first question really on teams and things like that is from Nicky S. He says, Man City assets, you know, the key ones, what are the best ones to free hit in? If you are free hitting, 
Mares, I think, looks the likeliest lad for a lot of people. That's really understandable. You know, I've got him too. He's that sort of who keeps Ossic cocktail of being well priced 8.7 has that brilliant expected goal involvement per 90 i think it's 0.83 uh second only to fellow north african mo salah and he's top for xgi over the last six matches played not game weeks matches and he has that element of exoticism too what, what I mean by that is that he you're rarely going to own sat mares in real fpl but he's a proper free hit pick he's a one-off explosive dif- differential pickup i've just realized i used the word kixotic on a podcast i may have even pronounced it wrong i know what i mean i write it a lot just to try to sound clever i'm not sure i'd be proud or embarrassed i'm probably embarrassed i'm really sorry about that anyway yes mara's in for me he's on pens too but everton have only given away but one penalty this season uh, Cancelo as well seems a bit of a shoe in i don't need to explain why and then it's probably where you go in terms of um that third city player i don't there's any doubt that free is going to be the basic complement for the free hit you could go for the defence to allow you another big hitter midfielder like Sancho, who I mentioned in a bit, or double on the city midfield. I guess defence-wise, you're hoping for a Laporte bullet header or trying to, you know, save money for the likes of you know, Walker or maybe even hoping Stones comes in. I think Diaz is probably a little bit too expensive, but if you've got mad team value where you just really, really want the expected minutes, then that is absolutely fine to do. I personally think double midfield is the way to go. I'd much rather rel- be relying on two Man City attacking players. I mean, obviously Cancelo, yes, he's an attacker, blah, blah, blah. But midfield-wise, um, I'd be much more inclined to rely on two attackers from Man City in that midfield than, say, you know, United. Although uh, Watford did just get absolutely spanked by Crystal Palace and United are looking a lot better. Maybe I'll re- revisit that, but that's kind of how it, my, what my default is, I suppose. And most people have honed in on Sterling there. You've got the Maraz uh, midfield, as I like to call it. I've got him bust in there at the moment. You can see why he's third for expected goal involvement over the last six. And that hat trick against Norwich is in recent memory. But this creates a big problem for me, fitting him in. With the twin plate setup, my two subs are two, yes, Ben Johnson and Yves Basuma with a 3.9 million goalkeeper and Shimikas making up the bench. I mean, admittedly, I could get, you know, Angus Gunn in and bin off uh, Tarkovsky for me. Um, but I, I quite like Tarkovsky, so I'll come on to him in just a bit. Um, and I, I, I'd assume I get some advanced warning about if Pope's not going to play. Um, but yeah, I, I'm never, if I've just got. Ben Johnson, who admittedly most West Ham fans do think is going to come in because Shufal is not going to be around, and Basuma as being the two players that are in situ to help me, I, I, I'm a bit concerned about that. <laughs> Obviously, there's the mantra that if you don't shoot, shoot, you don't score, but I get anxiety looking at that bench. Like if I get pepped or something else goes wrong, like I'm relying on Ben Johnson playing against Wolves and then ultimately relying on Basuma against Aston Villa. There's also a bit of pure speculation about this too. It's always going to be speculation. There are a couple of things. So so Sterling was hauled off versus Spurs after anonymous performance. Um, could he be replaced by someone? I'm not sure about that, but you know, potentially. Uh, City fans think that he's going to play in the next game at the moment. And Foden was looking very off versus Spurs. And obviously there's that kind of uh, unsavory video we saw of his personal life uh, when he was being attacked by people in the nightclub. I wonder if, you know, for example, Gundogan or Bernardo Silva 
Um, I know Bernardo Silva scars Nam style flashbacks many people may be worth looking at on a one week basis um, I think that's purely because with Mara's you've got X explosion so maybe you, it's worth pairing that with X-Men's um, with the likes of Bernardo Silva Gundogan perhaps a bit more iffy um, obviously down to at, uh, jump the wave Emma's uh, predictions there but I mean if Foden does get a rest um, for example in that false nine role either of them are capable of playing that role and that could free up a lot of resource it definitely for example would mean that you can afford a bench which isn't too aggressively mere individuals and in the one week scenario what's to say that Bernardo or Gundogan won't outscore Sterling uh, Gundogan's per 90 expected goal involvement is better than Sterling's over the last six actually um, but there's questions over his efficacy of course if Kevin De Bruyne was playing and Bernardo of course has fallen off a cliff since his early season heyday but did get an assist last week and put sport into the sword in the Champions League certainly something to consider one of those two I mean you could get peps to those two I mean I could be kind of holding them up as great examples of X-Mins but yeah you could be peps with those two the thing is at least if you get peps with those two you've got a better bench then if Sterling is given a rest and you're relying on the likes of Ben Johnson to do a job for you. Um, De Bruyne himself, I think, is a bit too expensive for what he offers, to be honest. I mean, there's always a valid case to get him in the one-week base if you are interested, but it does mean that you have to compromise elsewhere. So yeah, in summary on City, I think that Cancelo and Mares are both locked in. And to answer Fantasy Padia's question, or which City attacker should I buy? Is it worth avoiding the FOMO? Um, I think I, I probably feel like it's worth folding to the FOMO if I could possibly make a move. I'd be looking to kind of jut Mares into my team if I could to dodge up City FOMO. But um, it's really up to you how you do it, how you play it. You can probably just hope that, you know, Frank Lampard's Everton and Frank Lampard, the master tissue devised a plan to keep up Pep. City could slap anyone equally they could just win one nil with a Laporte header or something like that in the 86th minute I mean Sterling for free hitters makes sense to one uh, to pair with Mares, and I've got him at the moment but if Gundogan or Bernardo was say to start it may give me pause for thought um, because relying on Ben Johnson uh, for my first bench is a little bit worrying to say the least if my picks go wrong if you aren't free hitting how worried should you be Rather, I think, unfortunately, a city can obviously slap anybody. But with the concentration of alternatives created by diluting factors such as the absence of Liverpool lads, there could be a lot of points that are missed out on if you don't go with Man City here. Even if the actual number of own players won't be too impactful, save if you're in the upper echelons and won't, and you're trying to batten down the hatches. So I think ownership will probably help you a little bit if you can stomach it. Say you've got two free transfers or a dead ending. I would tend to buy someone like Mares for one week, um, but you might kind of hope that you know the the well noted thing of City having multiple players who are involved with goals could save you, and that the points be spread around. Won't be concentrated into one individual. There's no talisman there. I mean, you could buy a player in and hit them out again if you wanted to. On to Southampton. Steve FPL Ferry was on a few weeks ago. Another Irishman um, asked about Southampton, the Saints, uh, where are we going to go with that? Or where am I going to go with that? And is Livermento a risk to start? So let's take Livra first. I spoke to Lucy Heiner about it, who's unfortunately unwell at the moment. Well, soon, Lucy. And um, she'll be on this pod very, very soon, uh, joining me at the start of next season. And she said that Livermento fundamentally isn't nailed. Uh, Parole uh, has been playing very well. And it'll be harsh if he's dropped uh, because he had COVID. And also Livermento has been carrying a knee problem. There's lots of games coming up to Southampton. See what the press conference says, basically. If uh, Hazen Hootel says, you know, 
what Perot's not ready. He's, he's not really kind of got over COVID yet. And then Livermento is probably likely to be all right. I've got Bednarek at the moment for two th- for two reasons. One, I'm not sure about Livermento being nailed. Obviously, pending the Prezers, I, I just don't know if I want the 4.3 player who might be a bench worry especially if i'm pursuing the maraz setup <laughs> having you know one or two players who might potentially not play so another kind of iffy player doesn't feel like it's a good idea to me and uh, also norwich conceded a lot of headed chances and chances in set pieces and bednarek had the most big chance of any defender under 4.5 million this season so at 4.4 you've got someone nailed who's got a modicum of threat i mean it's not loads and loads of attempts of course but could be something worth bearing in mind salisu at 4.5 actually has more more heads of attempts than Bednarek, but I can't really afford him in the setup. And KWP uh, does fit the mould of this. He looks the most sort of nailed on of the full backs and he's got okay goal involvement, uh, but he's 4.8. It's up to you whether you have the Moolah. Elsewhere, uh, I think Broha is the one that we, we're we all going to own probably at that price. Why the hell not really? He's fifth for goal involvement amongst forwards over the last six. And that price means that he really enables everything else. I think you could differentiate with likes of Shea Adams if you really wanted to. He's 6.7, 6.7 Shea. Uh, but bear in mind his data is pretty much the same over Brojas in the recent term. It's just that uh, he's been scoring and Broja hasn't. Um, but it doesn't seem worth worth it to me. And if, even if you aren't free-hitting, Broja seems worth a pick-up now. He's got the Dublin 28 and may also have the game in game week 30. And to be honest at that price, you can justify having holding him for perhaps the rest of the season. In midfield, I do think JWP is worth a out. As I mentioned earlier, uh, Norwich see a lot of chances from set pieces, and furthermore, they conceded the most penalties in the league this season of eight. Maybe want to bear in mind for the double game week as well. And he's one I think I wish I could fit in at the moment, but one perhaps you can live without too. But he could be one of those who could go off and what's the save? Isn't he's not going to get a penalty and have a free kick uh, that hits top bins? Southampton-wise, if you're not free-hitting, how worried should you be? It's just an enabler. They're so cheap that if you are worried, for some reason, it might be worth picking one up because they've got a double in game week 28 anyway. And this logic applies to Broja, uh, who's top 10k EO is likely to be very high next week, especially if they end up getting that 30. You can just hold them for the rest of the season anyway. Will they splash up your rank too badly, though? Should you be worried if you're not free-hitting? Probably not. Next. Question from Samant, who asks uh, Kane or Son or both, and Z, uh, FPL showman, or the artist formerly known as FPL showman, I should say, your thoughts on Jaden Sancho? Is it just a free hit punt or a decent alternative to Bruno for the rest of the season? So Samant asks about Kane, Son or both. On a free hit, I think I'd be getting both of them. In fact, I've got both of them. If you're not on a free hit, I think I'd be happy with one of them. And that one probably be Son. Um, better value for money. But I've got Kane, as we'll discuss later. He's still racking up the numbers and showing what he could do against City. I just think on the free hit, both is well worth it. Some particularly would seem to suit the Leeds game, you know, given the sort of players and the profile of Leeds defending. There could even be a sneaky pick of Kulisevsky if you want to trip up on Spurs on the free hit. Or maybe, you know, enable something somewhere else and maybe not go with one of Son or Kane. But that feels a bit risky to me. Should I be worried about those people if you're not free-hitting? I assume you've got one of Kane or Son anyway, but as newly anointed, most effective goal-scoring pairing ever in the Premier League, not owning one could hurt you. Uh, I suspect it's probably not worth tearing up your team to accommodate both for one week, but they've also got defensively suspect Everton at White Hart Lane next week. So it might, might just be worth getting both if you think the victory versus City will spark a rampage. But obviously, uh, they spurs it up against Burnley, so I'm not entirely sure about that. As I mentioned last week, they, they used to have five goals missing for expected versus their actual. Um, but there's still that couple down due to 
their three against City and they're still second to United of respected goals and Z obviously asked my thoughts on Z, Jaden Sancho as I noted I've got the double system midfield at the moment so it means only one United player if I did go with two system defenders Sancho would be in my sights to be drafted into that midfield slot um, I think Bednarek would drop out and i get an assist defender. Over the last six game weeks, Sancho is fourth for expected goal involvement. That's better than Sterling. He's actually ahead of Bruno uh, if we look at a dangerously small last four game week sample. Um, I really like him as an asset, actually, and I kind of wish I could fit him in. He, there's a really good point on Guardian Football Weekly that he moved from having a very kind of structured set of instructions on how he did things at Dortmund to more of a get out and enjoy yourself sort of mantra at Man United. And it's taken him a bit of time to adjust. But I think over the last kind of few weeks, to the eye and to the underlying stats, he's becoming the player United thought they'd signed. I'm not really interested in United's defence, by the way. High XUC at the moment, comparatively, and they're held together with gaffer tape and the higher saves, effectively. The big thing for Sancho, unless you have mad team value, you've got to ask yourself these questions. Do I pair him with Bruno? Maybe, but you miss out on two City mids or Son, which I wouldn't like. I'm still not too sure you can back United over City on a one-game basis. I mean, Watford did just get dismantled 4-1 against Crystal Palace, so maybe they are now fodder and maybe it is worth doing. But I, I don't know. I, I still kind of back City, but maybe I could change my mind on that one now. We'll, we'll see. And the other question you could ask is, should I get him instead of Bruno? Well, it could open some doors, of course. That's definitely something I could consider especially at my OR, that can make a difference for me. Like I've spoken about how I need money for a bench. Could Bruno to Sancho be the way I do it? I'm not sure. I think there'll be a major Bruno swell in effective ownership. And to the eye, he's looking back to his snarling best. So I wouldn't be able to avoid the feeling that I'm overplaying if I went with Sancho over Bruno. But you know, I could be proven incorrect on the day. It could be that Sancho absolutely smashes it and Bruno does nothing. But yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure at the moment about Sancho um, and uh, over Bruno. I do like the idea of pairing him with Bruno, but I'm not too sure about the double assist defence right now. Should I be worried if I'm not free-hitting? In general, United are a bit of an enigma, aren't they? Um, over the last six game weeks, they've destroyed the expected goals charts at 125 from open play, free clear of Spurs and nearest rivals. I've seen chat of a switcheroo between Salah and Bruno, which could make sense as United could take Watford to the cleaners. Hodgson is going to set up to frustrate United, that's for sure. But Watford also looked defensively pants by the sounds of it against Crystal Palace. So, yeah, they could run rampant there. I'm not entirely sure, but I could see why you'd be concerned, especially as there will be a swell of Bruno ownership amongst active managers. And, you know, you look at that game and just think, well, that's kind of a plum game that could be really, really impactful. Um, I, I think Bruno's down to about 20% ownership now. I think that'll probably rise a little bit. I don't think he's going to get massive effective ownership, but that could be one to really think about. So there's a few kind of look at a few teams. I haven't spoken about Burnley yet. I'll talk about that just now in captain. Uh, so who is the best captain this week? Uh, FPL Fledgling asks who's the best captain this week. He says he's considering Antonio to Vekhorst and Salah to Son. Um, he's wildcard in game week 28. And the captaincy for him is between Vekhorst, Son and Bruno, who he owns as well. And uh, George, um, who has got a free hit, says, where do I go with my captain this week? He's got the likes of you know, Foden, Coutinho, who, who's kind of bust on, uh, Che Adams, something like that. And FPL Chimp Paradox says, with so many of us using free hit in game with 27, the captain in Vakehorst, are we overlooking potentially better captain options in the single game week mold? So Kane and Son, Bruno, KDB, Mares, etc., etc. So for non-free hitters like George, I think the likes of a remaining City player or something like that is perfectly fine if you can 
if uh, George has Foden, you could probably buy Morrison or something like that and go for that if you're not convinced by Burnley. I'd not be against Son, for example, as Fledgling mentioned, who I suspect might be well suited for the Leeds game, nor Bruno versus Watford, of course. I'm going with Vacor simply because I'm following my Mikel captaincy, but I can completely understand why Chimp Paradox mentioned we might be overlooking single-game weak players. The one thing I would point out is that Leicester have conceded the most chances from set-pieces, and Palace, if you were in Guaitar at any point in the season, you'll know this, um, are also not very good at defending them. That's probably where I'll go with him, as long as he's not injured, which doesn't look like he is. And even if you aren't free-hitting, it might be worth getting vague horsed in. There's lots of mini-doubles to come. There's still two games to be, re- be rearranged for Burnley. He'll be hygiene very soon, so getting him in early could be worth it. On paper, quickly, about Burnley, um, Big Voot and Pope look sure to everyone on the free-hit. The remaining question probably is about the third player. I suspect it's between me, who scored this evening, and... Tarkovsky uh, with Tarko, Tarko making his return from COVID tonight. I'm not sure on the fullbacks currently. R- Roberts and Peters are the two who are currently hanging out. Um, I'm not sure they're going to play both games, both of them. Uh, Roberts especially because Lowton is fit. He's been most he's been muscled out by Peters by Roberts. Sorry, um, but I'm not sure that there's not a threat of rotation there, or at least that Lowton doesn't get one of the two games. So I don't think he's quite for me. Uh, one to keep a lookout for is Stoke City legend Eric Peters at just four point two. Um, Taylor didn't make the bench tonight. Uh, meaning Peters may well play the double and he's just 4.2 as I mentioned there are no stats on the guy whatsoever there's nothing I can say that commends him to you as a as a pickup um but that could be a way to enable everything else and make your bench that bit better in that kind of twin plate Moraz sort of setup but if you're looking for the safety of centre-backs there's very little between me and Tarko the latter's 0.1 million more expensive he's got a couple of more big chances over the course of the season so I think I'll be going with Tarko but it's really up to you and what you can afford Elsewhere, I'm not really interested in Cornet in the midfield. He's fragile. He wasn't in the lineup tonight. And as I said last week, his constant worldies were frankly unsustainable, I think. Especially now he's been shunted out on the wing, it seems, to accommodate J-Rod. And I'm not interested in Dwight McNeil and co. either. Although, Josh Brownhill, double game week, 26 legend. Wow. Final, how worried should I be if I'm not on a free hit on Burnley? Probably not that worried. I mean, they're only in consideration because they've got a double. And as many have pointed out, it's an acute example of the occasional absurdity of FPL versus actual football. Uh, that a club whose Premier League status is looking in jeopardy is being considered by so many FPL managers. That's just the truth of it. Covering the likes of Vakehorst, though, and maybe a defender. Me and Tarka were too expensive. But, you know, the likes of Peters could be kind of drafted in as a bit of a, yeah, whatever pick. Um, our affordable moves just to kind of give yourself a peace of mind. So that could be worthwhile. A vague horse could well hit 100% EO in top, top 10k this game week, I think. And there's also two rearranged games to come. So you could find, so you could do yourself, a, you could do yourself a favor and buy him here. I mean, I'll have, probably have to buy myself fairly soon. Um, it relies on them if they get a game in game week 13. Should I be worried overall as a non-free hitter? I guess it's probably worth just mentioning. Ultimately, of course, it totally depends on your team, how worried you should be about free hitters if you aren't free hitting. I think that City and Bruno aside, if you're not willing to play a switcheroo, you're probably going to be okay. Um, those Bruno and the City guys are probably going to be your biggest threats. And the likely concentration of points around those particular teams this week around particular teams this week who are on the fringes of or have recently exited the template could be concerning to you if you're not free hitting. 
that said, it's obviously all surrounding a game of maximal variance because it's just one game week. And there's nothing to say your team as it is won't outscore a free hitter team if things go your way. So think about, you know, back when I free hitted, I think I can't remember what it was, but the game week when Salah had Leicester at home and he missed that penalty and they lost one nil. I mean, that could happen. It is football after all. I mean, just good, good luck in general. Not as, not as much luck to me and below free hitters, that's for sure. Moving on to a few other points. A few hold or sells going forward. A couple of questions from Dave CZFPL. The first one is Bowen a hold? No doubles. Wolves, Liverpool, Aston Villa are the next three. And then he's got a blank game with 30. And there's, you know, Rafinha, JWP, Cornet, who are rubbish, and Saka um, out there who are potentially doing things. Um, and, you know, they're also still in Europe. Um, is he worth holding on to? I mean, you. Old Jared, he's he's got the underlying data. He's second for non Panetta's Joe over the last six game weeks, hit the bar this week. There's definitely a feeling I won't be using him for the next few weeks, though. That's for sure. I think I'll play him for that Villa game Dave mentioned, but the, I won't have him this week in my free hit. He'll probably be benched when he's against Liverpool and game week first, he's got a blank. Um, uh, that midfield is starting to look a bit crowded as well. Uh, could it be that Bowen's the one to give up? I can see why you would especially if you've got immovables like Son, Salah, Saka at the moment and so on and so forth. You don't want to sell. But I suspect a lot of managers have sufficient cash elsewhere to move on other pieces and not cash in bone quite yet, even if you might see a bit of a value drop over the next little while. Like, I wouldn't be too worried about selling either, though. As we've seen every season, for example, players like Antonio present us with a real problem once they start to drop off. I mean, do I sell or keep? I'm not suggesting Bowen will drop off, but he could do. And normally there's merit to be had in shifting a player on early. Like it represents, it represents this opportunity versus those who are too scared to sell, you know? Like in Antonio's case, the advantage of selling was muted a little bit, as all strikers have been toss. Uh, but you could definitely make a case of selling Bowen uh, to fit in, say, a Saka uh, could be worth it towards the end of the season. Like I'm probably going to hold for the next little period just because um, of what he offers as an asset. Um, he's not in my free hit. I'll bench him versus Liverpool, I'll play him versus Villa, and then may hold him in 30. But I guess the key is not untouchable now. Um, I'm not too worried if I did have to say goodbye to him. I think West Ham, due to the lack of squad depth, have been worked out basically by teams. And Bowen is ca- carrying them. And Mikel Antonio hasn't really done anything for a while. He's been completely extinguished, hasn't he? Uh, so look, he's... Hey, an amphinism. He's no longer untouchable in summary. So I'll probably be keeping him. But if there's an urgent sell to facilitate a doubler or something that will kind of be part of a grand scheme going forward, that means I'll have to sell him. I won't be too upset about doing so. Question two from Dave. Is Dina hold? Villa look really poor at the moment. They do have Dublin 28, playing 30, but clean sheets and attacking returns don't seem very likely. So, yeah, they've been underwhelming. There's a, been a, there was a really good article in Athletic this week which points out that they played well for about 25 minutes against Leeds of, in terms of the last eight game weeks, <laughs> one win and eight. And they're definitely going through some teething troubles under Stevie G, that's for sure. They've got the double in 28 and a probable game in 30. So I'm holding Dean for now. And I've also got Buendia too. <laughs> I'm probably going to continue that experiment, I think. But I might reassess next week if he has to go over someone like Rafinha or something like that. I mean, the portents haven't been good, basically. I was very relieved to not bench boost this week because it would have been all relying on Villa doing well against Watford and they also lost 1-0 
everything about them screams, you know, a team in transition. That seems to be exactly what they are at the moment. They're aggressively mid-table and a lot of the recent data points, I wouldn't be going overboard to sign them up. There's no guarantee of results. There's a real sort of, you know, don't buy, don't sell vibe about them given the fixtures. And if I need to sell off Buendia to buy a better, better option, I wouldn't be too aggrieved about doing so, even if, even if it does pop up with something. Probably watch them versus Bryson and see how they go. And finally, Michael Lowe asks, was the enjoyment of Kane's masterclass against City worth the last few weeks? And when should those of us who have saved our triple captain chips use them? Should they use them on him? So Kane's masterclass versus City was very nice. As I mentioned earlier, I was out and it was very nice to kind of see, oh, he's got a brace and probably should have got a hat-trick as well. Well, it was correctly overturned the, 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 second, the, the second, well, not second goal, but the goal he scored second, which was taken out. I just really bloody wish he'd done that against Southampton, Michael, after I wildcarded, that's for sure. He's had the number for ages, and he's still in deficits between the four goals this season. That's the first time he's underperformed his um, expected versus actual. Um, but if you are sat with a triple captain chip, Salah, upcoming double in 29, probably the best option compared to Kane and Spurs, who are still fairly fitful. It's very difficult to know which Spurs are going to show up. Um, they won't play Man City every week, <laughs> basically. Ah, dear. And final question, I think, this week is no, yeah, general FPL enjoyment. FPL Sponge, a good mate of mine, who I've seen on many, many uh, meetups, and indeed wore a sponge to a meetup once, um, asks, are you enjoying FPL with the current fixture schedule? It's less chaotic than the random COVID postponements, and he thinks he, he's more engaged in standard seasons uh, with only one or two double games the whole season due to the FA Cup. So I am, mate, actually. I'm really liking it. The extra doubles give you more hope, don't they? And the turnaround between the action makes it feel like there's uh, less time to lick your wounds. And it's not like the drip feed of a couple of seasons ago. That was really bad, wasn't it? When everything was sort of magnified. There's football everywhere, you know, like Mitch and Webb style. Football, football, football all the time. Watch the football, watch it. I got a bit much having it like that. It's still sort of in sort of a a specific burst of time which is nice and there is time to go off and do other things so for example i'm pretty obsessed with horizon uh, forbidden west at the moment and i'll be able to clang around on that half cut after this uploads um but you know uh, it is very nice to see it kind of be something which is kind of quite exciting and i think a lot of the time it hasn't been as exciting in past seasons because it's been quite straightforward what you do and how you play it Whereas I think that now we've got a complex sort of chip environment towards the end of this season. And I think that that hopefully will mean that things are going to be kind of more contentious, more interesting. People will suffer different fates, have different fortunes. And I think more than anything, it does get boring if everyone unites around one particular strategy. Like the last few seasons, we've just seen that there's been kind of a few players that you should be buying, um, you know, a very, very strong kind of template. The 200 club being very, very small, especially last season with uh, Bruno, Son, Salah and Kane. That if you had them, great. And you just kind of built the rest of the team around them, grabbed a few bandwagons and that was it. I think it'd be really good to see having different ways to kind of uh, approach this end of the season, the taps end of the season. Hopefully that's going to lead to, um, you know, just a, a more interesting sort of FPL context, which gives us more to talk about than, oh, did you get Bruno this week? Yeah. Did you get uh, Salah this week? Yeah. Son and Kane? Yeah, I owned them both as well. So, you know, they all had 100% EO. Did all right. Um, did you move anywhere else? No, because the rest of the French was rubbish. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the current schedule. I'm really enjoying um, how FPL looks like it's going to be going. I, I really hope it continues that way.
brings us to the end. Um, so just to mention again, I'm free hissing. My squad at the moment is Pope, Bednarek, Tarko, Cancelo, Son, Sterling, Mares, Bruno, Kane, Vekors, Captain, and Broya. Broha. Um, I could change tack uh, to remove Sterling for Bernardo or Gundo to upgrade that terrible bench. Or I could indeed be enchanted by Sancho and get him in for Bruno if I'm feeling spicy. We'll see. I think the way to beef my bench could be Peters in if Taylor is ruled out. That is so exciting. I can't contain myself. But I feel like the, the template will be fine and I'm sure it'll be all right. And if I do get peps, then I won't be alone in being pepped. Don't forget that it's probably only going to be one in four managers at most who are on free hit this week. Even though it does look like everybody is on free hit, it's probably not the case. Right, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. I was who got the assist, I suppose. Correspondence, please send something in for Anthony if you can. The last pop with him will be next Tuesday night, the 1st of March. So that'll be on Wednesday the 2nd. We'll be back with you. Uh, please send your correspondence in of anything that you'd like to say to Anthony. Uh, nice things, preferably. Who got the assist at gmail.com. Speak to you all next week. All the best for your free hits or no free hitting. Um, and whatever you do, during double blank game week 27. Hopefully I assisted you. Speak to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.